Welcome to Sleep Talk Snapshots, bringing you the latest on sleep from around the world. Hi, I'm David Cunnington. Welcome to this final episode of Sleep Talk Snapshots from the Sleep 2016 meeting in Denver. So today's the final day of the conference, and I wanted to talk about the trade show, as well as some of my key take-home messages from the meeting. If you're looking for more episodes of the Sleep Talk podcast, you can find us at sleephub.com.au forward slash podcast, in iTunes or other podcast apps, or download the Sleep Talk app from the iOS store. Well, technology is one of the things I really love about working in sleep. I'm a bit of a geek in that sort of area. So the trade display is something I look forward to every year at the meeting. I've got to say I was a little disappointed this year. There wasn't a lot of really new cutting-edge technologies or devices at the trade display. Of course, there's iterations of technology with CPAP devices for sleep apnea. There were definitely lots of mandibular advancement splints or oral appliances as treatments for sleep apnea, but they don't really solve a problem for me as a clinician. I really need an experienced dentist to fit a device because I need them to manage the aftercare for patients. So all those consumer-focused mandibular advancement splints, really not cutting it or not something that's particularly relevant for me. The most interesting technologies from my point of view were two technologies where the research behind them was discussed as part of the meeting. The first of these is a device being developed by Cereve Sleep. Not sure I pronounce it right, but C-E-R-E-V-E, sleep.com. And that's a technology that's just been FDA approved as an insomnia treatment for sleep onset insomnia. And the basic principle is cooling the forehead. And it's based on really good research showing that the brain doesn't behave as a single organ during sleep. And in fact, different parts of the brain behave differently. An important part of getting off to sleep is changes in blood flow in particularly the frontal lobes and therefore a cooling off of that part of the brain. So applying a cooling stimulus to the forehead can have an impact on sleep. It's a really fascinating technology. It's a little bit out of left field, but based on great research. So I'm really interested to see how that develops. And they're looking at a commercial product being available late 2017. The second technology was of flashing lights for managing circadian rhythm problems and jet lag. And that's being developed by Lumos Tech, L-U-M-O-S-T-E-C-H dot co, uh, based on research from Stanford University. And Jamie Zeitzer did a really great talk talking about light and its ability to shift the circadian rhythm. The observation being that continuous light can shift the circadian rhythm around an hour per 24 hours. Work done by his group shows that flashing lights can shift the circadian phase up to four hours per 24 hours using short pulses with a peak response at a flash given every seven seconds. In total, the exposure of lights less than one second over an hour with multiple very short uh, flashes but gives this much greater effect size. Again, I'm really curious to see how this develops and hopefully it'll become a product uh, that we can use, particularly as they're looking at using it when people are actually asleep prior to awakening, which is the time in the phase response curve when we're more responsive to the effect of light. My key observation from the meeting and really what I'm taking away from it is all the disorders we manage in sleep are far more complex than what we often appreciate. There really is a need for better phenotyping and subclassifying of the disorders. Evidence was presented for this in insomnia, hypersomnolence and hypersomnia disorders and sleep disordered breathing such as sleep apnea. And it really means we have to go beyond simple flow charted one approach for everybody type approaches. And that's a challenge because we need better tests and better ways of phenotyping these disorders that we don't necessarily have. And that's an area of research that we need to pursue. And once we are able to better phenotype people with these disorders, it'll give us much more targeted treatment options for particular individuals. I suppose that fits with the overall precision medicine type of direction where we're heading in medicine overall.
So thanks for listening to this podcast series throughout the Sleep 2016 meeting. Hope you've had a great meeting and check out our longer podcast episodes at sleephub.com.au forward slash podcast in iTunes or via our app. For the A to Z of sleeping well, head to the hub, sleephub.com.au. This podcast is not intended as a substitute for your own independent health professional's advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider within your country or place of residency with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.